0: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Free Play Florida. Guys, you do not want to miss it. It is one of the greatest conventions going on today and it's all about retro gaming which is something here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce we absolutely love and adore. They've got all your retro game favorites from classic consoles to also your favorite classic arcade cabinets and don't forget that the Happy Happy Hour hour with with Johnny and Deuce. Deuce is the official podcast. And of course, your boy Deuce is the voice of Free Play Florida. You don't want to miss it. Johnny, when is Free Play Florida? It's going to
1: be November 11th through the 13th, 2016 at the beautiful Double Trier Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Johnny, who all is going to be there? We've got the amazing CEO and spokesperson for Sega, Nathan Barnett, as well as video game historian Walter Day and creator of some of the biggest titles, Rampage, Xenophobe, Disc of Tron, Satan's Hollow, Star Trek Voyager, and many more. Mr. Brian Colin, pinball designers Gary Stern and Jersey Jack will be there on display with their beautiful pinball machines. Player of the Century and star of King of Kong, Billy D. Mitchell, and world record holders Richie Knuckles and Todd Rogers will be there on display.
0: And speaking of world record holders, there's going to be multiple world record attempts going on that weekend on a ton of different games. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there at the Doubletree by Hilton in Orlando. November 11th to the 13th. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy hour, hour with, with Johnny, Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sent you.
1: Internets, my name is Johnny Womack. Of course, next to me is my partner in crime, Deuce. What's going on, man? Hey, man. And every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce starts off with a Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Good times. Good times indeed. And we are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And Deuce, we love to have special guests with us, friends, if you will, on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yep. And uh, we have this awesome cat. I mean, the dude's so talented. Uh, he's a digital artist. I mean, he does. He does. I mean, he does art all, it all art encompassing all things. Let's just put it that way. The guy, yes. the guy is a master at his trade. He is fantastic. Uh, we've met him a couple times at different events, uh, and we'll touch on that a little bit later in the episode. We have the amazing Barrett Biggers. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks. I'm glad to be here.
1: Awesome, man. I tell you, the when was the first time you and I met, Barrett? Was it at um? It was at um, Ignition it- Inc. Right. Yeah, you and yeah, I, met. I
2: think so. Yeah, we, I met you at Ignition Inc. and then we had the Oblivion Tap Room was another time. Yeah, That's he was right. on air with me. That's at when
1: you got to Taproom, meet him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. That's awesome. And I, I remember when I I was over there at uh, Ignition Inc. and I remember you know I really got to talk to you a little bit then and you're setting all your stuff up and everything. And I was just like, God, this is, like you have a, 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 like, your your style is very sur- sur- uh, surrealist surrealist. It's it's eye popping. It's eye catching. But, like, I have to ask you, like, it's obviously you're influenced by things you love, which is what, you know, you can see that in your work. You're passionate. But sometimes you, you, you get these, and I have to, I I, I was going to tell Deuce, I told Deuce before the show, I was going to ask you about this piece because I was just, like, blew my mind the, when I first saw it. What, and I don't know how much you could talk about the piece. I know it's out, you know, on the Internet. Uh, but, like, it, it's the piece... Uh, I forget the name of the piece, but it's the piece where it's like the clouds and there's like a face coming to like a boy or something that's in like the distance. Yeah, Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. A, what is that piece called? And B, what was your inspiration for something like that? Because for me, I was telling Deuce on the way here uh, when he picked me up, I was like, man, everything, that that type of stuff, it feels like you're in a dream. Like it is so surrealistic and so esoteric. I'm just like, God, you could interpret it in so many different ways. But uh, what was your... Let's talk about
2: that piece. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, that's what I call the um, the selfie. <laughs> so basically, it is a kind of a almost a satire on the cell phone social media presence. And I, when I was designing it, it, it started out to just be basically kind of like just a surreal piece, like you said before, where it didn't really mean anything specific, but. When I put the guy in there with the cell phone, I envisioned, you know, this is kind of my way of saying, look at how society has become where this crazy, creepy thing that does not belong in reality just dropped in front of this guy. And he's too busy worried about taking a selfie with it or or filming it or whatever and putting it on Facebook that he doesn't even notice how crazy and fantastic this thing is. So it's almost like a desensitization of the world is is kind of the deeper meaning behind it but for its face value it's just a, a piece that I felt like making it was kind of experimental so uh, a lot
1: how like let's describe the process because I called you I, I called you a a, a, a a digital artist now you do that's what your main canvas is is right it's digital art correct
2: yes yeah, yeah. everything's digital
1: yeah and um, how does that work when you come up with this piece like Do you work in layers like a Photoshop or what do you how does that work for the for those listening at home like how's your when you get an idea do you sketch it out or what what do you do
2: I yeah I I used to do traditional art a long time ago so I used to do sketching and I pretty much if you name a medium a media I did it (laughs) or tried it Um, when I got to digital though I work a lot faster in digital so I don't even really sketch too much honestly A lot of the stuff I do is called photo manipulation and a mix of that with painting and sketching. So because I know a lot of tricks and, and fast ways to do things, I'm able to actually make a composition really quickly. And then once I have something in mind, that's when I go back in and say, okay, I'm committing to this, this look. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my sketch, quote unquote. Sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's Photoshop and there's literally hundreds of layers on my files. There are three to four gigs, l- gigs, large. There are lots of effects. Um, I will paint, I will put pictures of lightning bolts. I will put pictures of powder, like shot at like high speed photography, glass breaking. I will take pictures of a rock wall. I took a photo of outside with Moss and throw <laughs> you know? oh, wow. So a lot of it's just literally me having fun with a digital, kind of infinity canvas I can do whatever I want which is why I like digital so much and then you also
1: do stuff like your, you know you like for example you have some really cool Dragon Ball Z ones where it's got like Vegeta or Goku and like you have like it's almost like a silhouette of the character but in their colors like describe that like how that works
2: pretty much the same process but it starts out actually that does start out with a sketch um, it starts out with a sketch and then a painting And the painting is just for what we call values, which is literally the grayscale, where the light's hitting, where the shadow is. And when I build up the form, that's when I go in and do a bunch of literally lightning bolts, electrical effects. um, My version of the Dragon Ball power up the, the key or the energy around them. And that again is a mix of painting and photo manipulation as well. And that has been by far probably my most recognized pieces. Because p- partly because of the popularity of the characters, but also I think I, I think I was able to to do a style that hadn't really been hit with that with the uh, with the genre of Dragon Ball. Everybody's done kind of cartoon style, and I tried to make it more realistic, but still keep that almost cartoony silhouette effect, like you were saying. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I also wanted to ask you, since we, we brought up that particular piece, and I'm having a brain fart at the moment, but they just opened up that Dragon Ball Z restaurant in Orlando. Right. Super, yep. Saiyan. Super, Sa- Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've got, like, two or three of your pieces up there, and that place got a lot of, like, digital coverage. Like, it blew up on social media. Like, it was getting a lot. Like, Uprocks, I think, had your photos up and everything. Like, it, your, your art got out to a lot of places because of that. And I just kind of want to ask, like, how did that come about? And like, what has happened since then?
2: Well, uh, I didn't know this, but I was contacted on Instagram about, I guess, a year ago now. Uh, It was actually right before Megacon last year, I think. And he his name was Marshall. And he uh, he just said, hey, dude, I want to buy your prints. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. And I sent him to the Etsy and he said, no, 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 let's just do it over the phone or let's do it through Instagram. I'm like, "Okay, cool. And can you meet my guy? He'll, I want you to hand deliver it to him. I'm like, okay, sure, I'm in Orlando. So I printed all these prints out and I, I handed it to his guy. And later I find out, I got a picture from from Marshall, from the, the owner of the restaurant. I found out later, hey, I own a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, cool, you put him up there? I had no clue what he yeah. was doing. And then all of a sudden he shows me a picture and there's the tables with the with all the stuff, you know, all the condiments, and I see my art up there. And I'm like, oh, cool, okay that's sweet. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's a Dragon Ball Z themed restaurant. And I'm like, really? <laughs> then that's even better. And that was all before it even opened. And and then when it opened, you're right, all of a sudden the, the Sentinel did an interview with him with their restaurant and seemed to uh, go viral after that. It got several million views, I believe. And and I'm, I'm, it was like a double-edged sword. I'm glad they didn't say my name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, I don't want everybody to know I did that. But at the same time, I got to see my stuff on there that I, and I, to me, that was worth it all just to see it. And it was cool that they got a lot of recognition because they were the first to really do something like this in this area, especially so more power to them. I, I hear they're expanding and what actually one of my buddies, Alex, another artist, He's painting the mural on the expanded part of the restaurant right now as we speak. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so. Well, I
0: wanted to ask you this because you brought up a point. You're like, I kind of didn't want everybody to know it was mine. Is that more like a copyright issue thing, or was it more like I, I just didn't want it to blow up and my name to be all over the place?
2: Yeah, it's it's of course the the trademark copyright stuff. It's um, when we do fan art, we always. We, we do parody art, but that's a loose description of what it truly is. And it's, it's difficult to explain it to people. Um, I guess I can give you my spiel that I usually give everybody who asks about it. And I'll be very honest with you guys. I worked in marketing for a corporate design, corporate marketing company okay. for many years. So I do understand advertising. I do understand, to, I mean, I'm no expert, but I have worked in the field. So, part of my thinking behind this is, what we are providing as fan artists, as indie artists, is basically, not free, but very close to free, advertising for these companies. Brand awareness. And, as much as I would like to debate it, obviously, it is not something I can really make a big deal about. But, you know, my, my goal is to expand their brand and just to show my appreciation of Dragon Ball, for instance, or, or whatever it is. So my thinking is all I'm doing is helping them and getting a small fee for it, in other words. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm being real about it. Yes. Yeah. I think every fan artist will tell you the same thing. Nobody is out to to do this to just literally rip people off. That, right. There are rip-off artists out there, and let me be very clear about that. There are artists that will take official art. They'll take whatever, and they'll just run a quick filter on it, or they'll do something, or they'll just literally sell it as it is. That is not what we do. Quality fan art is is how much can you twist it or make it unique in your own style, and how are you enhancing your favorite uh, brand, characters, whatever. And if you can do that successfully, and I feel like I did with Dragon Ball, personally. Oh, for sure. If you can do that, you are providing a valuable asset to their brand rather than a liability. However, intellectually, property-wise, no, you know, you don't own the characters or the product, so I can only do so much, so I have to comply with things, but
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing uh, that you talk about they don't own the, the owning the characters, but a lot of the times when you look at like Marvel or DC Comics, they, even the artists themselves that are doing the, the the ink and coloring and all that don't even own the character. It's Marvel themselves. So it's, like, so weird to think, like, even the artists that do the characters do not own the characters. Like, they, they can't go and just... I mean, they might have some sort of contract where they can do so many things, but for the most part, they couldn't go do this huge, you know, mural and do all the stuff
0: and, and do everything else like that. I like, think to kind of expound on what you're saying, is, like, let's pretend that I am an artist for Marvel and I'm working on the Spider-Man comic book I don't own Spider-Man so in my free time if I start doing a bunch of Spider-Man stuff and start selling it Marvel would shut me down even though I'm an official artist on the Spider-Man comic book, like they're still it's not just really, gonna let me run rampant with it, which it it, it it really is
1: a gray area too because it is it's I've I've had discussions with the with other artists about well, that's the same thing. The point that, I was gonna bring yeah. up
0: another one of our artist friends, and I'm just gonna leave his name out. Um, he was telling us more or less he's like, look, you know, with this stuff. It's at a real slippery slope and a real gray area. So, like, personally, anything he does that's owned by Disney, if it's Star Wars or a Marvel character, he won't sell it on his SD site. He'll only sell it when he goes to cons. And he's like, you know, if people see it at a con or they know I do it and they contact me privately, we can work something out and I'll ship it to them. But he's like, I don't put it on my SD site just because of the mere fact that, like, I don't want Disney's lawyers swooping down on me and having to deal with all that hassle. And, and I, I mean, I feel bad for you guys because you do such quality work. And I think what you're doing, like you said yourself, it's kind of like an homage. It kind of uh, it brings awareness to these characters. And it, and it brings them into people's homes because now I have art from all my different artist friends of characters. And I have them in my house, which makes me an even bigger fan, which makes me then spend more money on officially licensed t-shirts and things like that. So, at the end of the day... It makes them more money, but it seems like they're not always on your side, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, that, that that's you hit the nail on the head. I mean it's it's all about brand awareness, brand yeah. retention, which is the number one thing that any corporation will try to get their customer. Yeah. And honestly you guys and other people who are fans of these characters or these shows or whatever, you know, you guys trust people like me small-time artists who right. are who are also into the characters and and, and to, to engage with me and to buy something from me that is from your favorite it, it's it's the brand retention that a big corporation would never be able to get yeah you know because th- they're they're a huge suit somewhere there are a bunch of suits and you know a lot of them aren't engaging with their customers face to face like I would at a con or, or online with a small purchase so um, but yeah that's just kind of that's my take on it but to kind of to to tell you like long term vision real quick, I don't plan to be a fan artist forever. This is what a lot of artists do. They they will use fan art as a springboard to um, kind of get their name out there, to to have a fan following or have a base that is um, kind of understanding their style, falling in love with their style and the artists themselves. My goal long term is to. I would love to continue to do fan art here and there, but my main goal is to do, like you were saying that piece that I did with the the cloud and the the guy with the cell phone, and you know, those original art pieces are more my long-term vision. And unfortunately, there's like millions of other artists just trying to do the same thing. So one way to get kind of a leg up in a very competitive art world is to get a following Get an appreciation for your style based on fan art, and I actually heard this from another um, artist blog that I kind of follow. And he said, when people come to see your see your art, and you're a fan artist only, exclusively, 90% of that is the character. They're coming to get a Spider-Man. They're coming to get um, a Batman or get a, a Dragon Ball Z or something, whatever it is. Uh, and 10% of that is probably because of your style. So when you're able to show, like I do now, that I have fan art and I also am doing original, I'm starting to transition into that, you really just like me for my style and my art and not so much for the characters. But it doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just that that's kind of what my long-term goal is. So.
0: Well, no, and I agree with you 110% because usually if I go to a con – And I want a piece of art. I'm looking for the character. Now, there are people I will go out of my way to see, like our good buddy um, J.D.B. Designs and Michael Carey Art. And I love Art of Pinto, and I love their style. So I'll just go to their booth because I like their stuff, and they might have something new I haven't seen. And I'll pick it up because I just love their stuff. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting a couple of your pieces to put in my house, to be quite frank with it because cool. maybe that was my behind-the-scenes evil way of getting you on is maybe trying to, <laughs> trying to get a hookup. I knew there was an ulterior motive. There, there was an ulterior motive, <laughs> sir. There always is with a happy hour, Johnny Deuce. But, uh, no, uh, but you're exactly right. Like, if I go to a con and it's not one of my boys, like you or JB Designs or Michael Carry or Art of Pinto, where I'm going because I want to see their stuff— What's going to walk me to that booth if I walk by and I'm like, oh, there's a Flash or, oh, there's a Deadpool or there's a character that I really like that catches my eye, that will bring me over. But if not and I just walk by, I'll just keep walking. So, And I think you, your artist uh, friend who did the blog hit the nail on the head. 90% is a character. 10% is the people that just like your work. And I think you're smart enough to understand that and say look i've got to broaden it to where it's more than 10 percent. i need like 50 percent coming for my work exactly. not just characters i do
2: and part of the my my kind of growth in the art lifestyle because i i, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later but not i sure. have um kind of the past is not art related and i'm just kind of new at this I, this is my fourth year doing art oh, myself wow. full-time and I mean, I, I did corporate design for several years before that, but my own actual fine art for myself is now just—I think it's my fourth year starting in 2017, uh, full time, and learning. I've learned a lot in that short time about marketing and and the soul of art and and trying to balance the two, where you're trying to sell, trying to make something sellable, and also. Have an originality and a soul to your piece and feel attached to it. And I've, I've, I've starting to get better at learning how to let go of art, make a piece, especially fan art, make a piece, let it go. I'm very happy that people like it. I love for it to sell, but I'm ready to move on to the next thing. I, I just need to keep things fresh, keep moving on. And that's why I like the original art mixed with fan art. So, I'll do a fan art, and then I'll start working on an original. And then I'll do another fan art, and maybe start working on another original and keep it swapping back and forth, keep it interesting. Otherwise, it'll get stale.
0: Well, and and that's kind of what drew me to your work personally, because like I I came to the party because of fan art. But then I started following you, like, on Facebook and all your other kind of social media sources. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing your original pieces, and they were blowing me away, too. So it got to the point where I kind of became a Barrett Biggers junkie because I want to see what you come up with next because each one knocks my socks off more than the last one. So I'm like, at this point, I don't even care if it's from something I like, like Stranger Things or a superhero thing, or if it's an original piece because I know – that it's going to have that same kind of bigger style to it. And I know that it's got your your fingerprints all over it, and it's got the soul, like you said, which that yeah. is a really good word, brother. It's got that soul to it mm-hmm. that I know it's going to be a good piece, no matter if it's something you just kind of pulled out of your head or if it's something that, like, you kind of already had an idea for, or a character for, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that is that is the goal, to have an army of people like you <laughs>
2: following me. <laughs> No, people who enjoy the art because it is something that I created and it's kind of my expression, I would love, and I, I do have a, a large group of people now who are starting to appreciate my original. Uh, when I do live Facebook streams on my fan page where I'm painting and, and or doing a manipulation or doing a piece, I have people comment that I don't even really know them personally. They're just fans, and they are really into what I'm doing, and it's not a fan art. And it's more of my own thing, out of my own head, what I felt like doing. And that, to me, is the greatest – that's humbling, is, is a good way to put it, just to, to see that. And I, I'll never forget that feeling. And that's my goal, to never forget how it feels. My first sale at Megacon, my very first sale, that, that feeling I never I, – I hope to God that I will not lose that feeling. <laughs> I try my best.
0: Well, since you brought up Megacon – that was one of the, the questions we did have on the table. I wanted to ask you about MegaCon this year because we've had multiple different artists, we've had multiple different takes, good, bad, and ugly, of everything that happened at this year's MegaCon, and I wanted to get it from you personally, boots on the floor, you know, man on the ground. How was it at MegaCon, and what were your thoughts and feelings about it?
2: Um, I'll be quite honest with you, things have changed. Um, not necessarily as bad as a lot of people have made it seem. Um, First of all, let me say that I was not in Artist Alley. Okay. I was on the vending floor. I was I was a vendor. I had a booth. I had a 10 by 10 booth. So by default, I pay more money, and I'm also left alone. So a lot of the artists kind of were, from what I've heard, were kind of bullied a bit. They were um, almost like sardine, kind of canned in. And yeah. it, I'm sure you heard that yeah. before from other artists. I saw it happen to my friends, and I hated to see that, but personally, nothing like that, I cannot say anything like that happened to me. I was kind of left alone. I did my own thing, as I always do there, which is one reason I do the bending side, is because I know there won't be these restrictions and these rules, and I won't be sardine into it. Um, so that's personally, I, I will tell you, though, that I was not happy at the end of the event because they kind of force you to pre-buy your space for the next year, and me and a buddy of mine were um, planning on kind of doing two booths together. We wanted to actually expand. Uh, J.P. Perez, another artist friend of mine. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and we were, we were planning to maybe do two booths together and kind of do a, kind of a mega booth at MegaCon, and we tried to buy it up front, cash in hand, and we were denied. So I, I mean, that was the only negative of the entire event other than, you know, maybe bad, like numbering system, bad labeling, bad navigation. People were hard. It was hard to find, find people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: yeah, and I, I mean, for me, that's not as big of a deal because once again, I'm in a booth and I was right under a big Hulk sign. So I, I told people I'm under the giant Hulk sign, Yeah. but I lucked out in that case. But for a lot of my artist friends, a lot of people, they were lost. So there's criticisms, but on the good side, they did bring in some really
0: big guests. No, th- they, they definitely no. B- stepped up their game with the guest list. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you, did they give you a reason why they vetoed it? Did they think the two of you were going to push the tables together and have like a mega booth and that's why they shut it no, down? No, that's or they just- not.
2: The, their reasoning was the guy next to me might reserve his booth and it was unfair for me to try to get two when I had one to start with. And I okay. explained to them that I did not have to be in the same location. I just wanted to get two next to each other. My only stipulation was, can we be together? Yeah. And I kept getting no, no, no try later, no. So I just said, fine, I'll pay for mine now. You just lost a thousand
0: bucks. Sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, you know, I was trying to be business. Yeah, you
0: want to be businesslike about it because the last thing you want to do is get blacklisted by them if you go every year.
2: And and there was no negativity. It was just, for me, it was frustrating because there was no reasoning other than the guy next to you might reserve again. And I had literally heard from a lot of disgruntled people that they were not coming back next year who had booths. I know they probably had at least two or three ready to be sold Sold. at that moment. So for me, it was kind of frustrating and almost – Kind of asinine to not accept money,
0: especially <laughs> when cash you in hand. When you're like, yeah, Look, had, I've got two
2: grand in cash here for you right in now, cash ready to hand them, and they just kind of like said, nope. <laughs> well, you know that's whatever, but yeah, no. So I, anyway, it worked out though. JP's got his his place set, and okay, he's cool. gonna be fine. And you know we still work together, and. It's no
0: problem. Well, that's awesome. And who knows, maybe once it gets closer to the event, you could talk to them and see if they can move some things around. Because, you know, MegaCon is very accommodating. And I I do want to say this as just kind of another pro. Um, You know, we we did get some bad feedback from the people in Artist Alley. But I also feel in some ways you kind of get what you paid for like you're getting a reduced rate being an artist alley you know you're going to be crammed in like sardines you know you're going to be there with a bunch of art, other artists at least like when they walk by and see you it might be you but then there might be a guy with toys next to you there might be a guy with comics it's not art 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 because right. then it kind of gets when you walk down artist alley sometimes it gets to be sensory overload so you're not taking it all in because it's just all there together um, and I understand because that's how some of these guys really kind of make their, their living is going to Artist Alley and selling stuff. And, you know, they don't have the funds and the money to be able to buy, like, a huge booth. So I get that. And and we are always number one here at the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce. We are proponents and fans of the artist, and we fight for the artist's rights. But also, you get what you pay for. So yeah. if you know where you were going to be. You know what you were paying. And you... I don't know. In my opinion, kind of should have known going in that some of those problems might have arisen.
2: Well, it takes money to make money. I, exactly. I hate to be cliche about it, but it's the if, truth. If you're an artist. You have to view yourself as a business person. Yeah. You you're not. Don't view yourself as a hobbyist. And and when I say hobbyist, you're not spending hobbyist money. You have to be willing. And I know it's hard for a lot of people. I I can't talk because I'm lucky enough to have had good fortune before I became an artist with freelance work and had enough money padding that I was able to afford to buy these things. But I will tell you from my experience, and actually I was just at Salt Lake City Comic Con in Utah, and that was my first time being in an artist alley because I was forced to, I had to fly there. And I, you know, it was just a couple hundred bucks and it wasn't a big deal. So I felt the relief of not having to spend so much. The risk was a little bit, you know, less because I didn't have to spend so much up front. But I did notice, had I had done that at Megacon or any other Florida show, like Tampa, I I severely limit my inventory. I severely limit my visual presence. I, I'm surrounded by, and there's no nothing wrong with being around artists, but when you're trying to make a sale and you're trying to be a business person about it, you, you can't be surrounded by like, people selling exactly the same thing or the same kind of thing, it's good to have some variety. And having a vending, having a booth, you spend more money, but you get more presence and you get a little bit more. You, you've you been there on a Saturday at Megacon. Oh, it's, yeah.
0: It's its, it's elbows it's, and assholes, man. Yeah, like You can barely exactly, move around. Yeah.
2: So when you're in Artist Alley, everybody's getting literally cattle herded and pushed around and a, a beautiful cosplayer walks by and everybody starts taking photos and you're done for sales because yeah. – You got a roadblock, but in a vending space, you have two in a corner, you have two sides, and you're able to literally people can stop and look and appreciate your portfolio, and they're not being hassled. So, that's one of the reasons I like I do spend more money than most artists, yes, a lot more. And I actually did a cost comparison with a friend of mine, and I was pretty much on par with him, which is funny because the numbers were higher, but I spent a lot more. Right. And people don't realize that. And it, it, and all the advertising, all, I print all my own prints yeah. because I want the quality to be as good as possible. And all that costs a lot more than a lot of the artists have to deal with. So,
0: Well, in you know. two points that you made that I want to touch on before we go to break, one is um, – you're right. And especially about being in the artist alley, you've got so many other people competing and you also got people undercutting you too, because if somebody sees it, Oh, Hey, you like this arrow piece. Well, I've got an arrow piece and I'll sell it to you for $10 less. It's not the same one, but you know, you got people kind of competing for the sales and kind of, undercutting each other which it doesn't help you at all and then also i'm a firm believer in like you said because we've done this with the happy hour since day one you got to spend money to make money and we had to front end load a lot of this stuff before we ever had sponsor one we had to put a lot of money in to get all the equipment get the microphones get the soundboard mm-hmm. get the lighting equipment get the banners the t-shirts but you got to spend money to make money like if we had just come in with you know bad sound equipment and you know just subpar stuff people would have written us off, but once they started from the beginning and they heard us, they're like, wow, you've got professional quality sound and professional quality audio, which has a lot to do with the amazing guy sitting next to me, Johnny Womack, which happy birthday, by the way. Oh,
1: thank you, sir. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. happy birthday, Johnny. Thank you, thank you. But uh, all the
0: amazing work he does, but, I mean, you've got to spend money to make money. You can't think that you're going to put out a subpar product or have a smaller set of a venue and make the money that somebody that's spending more money that has a bigger part of a venue or that's spending money to make a higher quality product is going to make. You've got to put that money in there and that hard work or you're not going to get the return on your investment.
2: Yep, I totally agree with you. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I also think too it's like when they when it's also a a uh what do you want to call it? It's like a um I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Um, your your artwork shows right, and the, and the passion that you do. But also, like, because you put in the extra time and the extra money, you're going wor- to work even harder than 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 someone else who, you know, did something that was similar. Because you you you're already like, hey, I already put the t- commitment, I already put the time into this. And I'm, I already know what I'm doing. It's like a science to you now. You have like, you're you know, you have all these trades and, and all these little. Uh, algorithms of you will, that you put together and you're like, you know what, I'm going to put the extra money, I'm not going to be in the artist alley. You, you know, you have yeah. it down to a science and I think it shows you know, your success as well as your art is I don't know, I was just, I actually that for those at home, a little behind the curtain, I was looking at your Instagram while, while you and Deuce were talking and I'm like I can't get over that piece uh, that you did with the uh, uh, the guy, what is it the background where you get the forest and then you have like this big like planet coming down Like it, that looks like something that could be on like a, like a, like an album, like
2: a, like a, like a a video game or a video
1: game cover or something like that.
2: I, I, one of my goals is to uh, do conceptual art. I mean, that would be, that's kind of right up that alley doing entertainment stuff. Um, I'm not really able to show anything, but I am working on a movie poster officially, finally. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Which is, it's an indie movie, but it's, uh, you know, that's my first kind of official in with the entertainment and part of that was because of the work I did with the stranger things, uh, piece. So there's a good example where the fan art kind of opened the door to something, a, a legitimate job in the entertainment world. So, I mean, I'm excited about that because that is like you said, a lot of my stuff is kind of geared towards cover art, um, maybe film movie poster, very dramatic, very epic, uh, surrealist, dreamy, fantasy—you know all that stuff. It it all is correlating down to this is what I like to do, and if I'm able to get jobs or or to just do what I want to do, also in that style, I'm not—I'm actually living the dream of doing what I want to do as an artist. Which almost every artist you talk to that's worked in in a corporate world or in a freelance world, the number one complaint is that they don't get to do what they want to do they're always being forced with constraints by the client or by the, the company or whatever, sure. style guides, whatever, what have it. Um, that's the number one complaint, I think most artists will tell you that do that. And that was my number one complaint as well. So now that I'm starting to get to a point where I can just kind of make what I want to make and people are enjoying it or they're gonna maybe ask me to do a job for that, that's great, that's, that's my goal, so well, and I'm I'll... getting closer. I think
1: it's awesome too because i think you know your work is an, is inspiring as well because like when i look at that piece i want to i'm a, um, a composer i like to write music and i'm like god i just want to like write music because i'm seeing that piece that you you know the, the moon and the planet and all that I'm like i can just hear it in my head like my own head like i can hear music i can write for it
2: i might even do that and and uh, and,
1: and show well, that's, it to you that's the whole point art, yeah.
2: art and music are like almost yeah. the same i mean yeah. Audio and visual, but they're all the same. It's all art. Exactly.
1: I'll actually, nice. uh, if I do make something, I will send it your way just to. Keep, I would love get to thoughts. hear
2: it. Um, I would love to hear something inspired by something I made. That's incredible. Yeah. Drill. So yeah. it's
1: awesome, man. And, and uh, we're gonna take a small break because you touched on a very top a very popular topic called Stranger Things, and we're gonna touch more on that uh, after the break. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... RetroGameTreasure.com Get real retro games for the old school consoles you love, delivered to your door every month. They have consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, and more. Tell them the type of games you like and what games you already own so you don't get duplicates. You even get a wish list. It's not a rental service, and best yet, you keep the games. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR and save $2 off your first month. Learn more at RetroGameTreasure.com. And don't forget to tell them that the HAPPY Happy HOUR with Johnny and Deuce sent you. And we're back with the happy hour with Johnny Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny. Got my main man Deuce. What's up, man? Hey. Well, of course, we got the amazing. Just, I mean, the guys. Just, I, I'm kind of like speechless a little bit because on the break, I'm actually. I, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna write a piece of music for uh, for your piece. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, sit down and this week and maybe write something for it, and uh, I'll send it your way. But I mean, it's it's awesome when people can inspire other people to do things. Like we have our good friend David Berger, who is a novelist. He's a, he's a writer and like you know it's the same thing it's another form of art you know reading his 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 uh his novels the the task force gaia series we had him on talking about it and how he was influenced and and by other things and it's it's awesome how we're all like friends and we're all like want to help each other out and i think that's what's so great about all this is you know we we are all passionate about something and i feel like you know we're all like a family and like it's 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 awesome we can get you know, get together and talk about things we love and get to, you know, geek out on whatever it is. And, and like do said, this is like a way, a platform for people. We don't just have everybody and their mother on this show. We we handpick, literally handpick the people we want on this show because yeah. we, we believe in your work. We believe in what you do. We want to have you on the show. and We want to have people, you know, even if it's just like, all right. Uh, people from Milwaukee have never heard of you before all of a sudden they 're you know we have listeners from Milwaukee, but uh we have listeners from the brazil and u k and all that stuff and because uh, mm-hmm. you know Soundcloud tells us the analytics but like you you 're at least going to be reaching to people that might not even heard of you before you know that aren 't local to the to the uh, Florida area so it 's kind of any way we can help you out and to uh, stretch your you know, stretch your uh, fan base. We want to
0: do that, and also it's good because, and not to toot our own horn, but we are the number one podcast in Polk County, and Polk County is so close to Orlando and Tampa that to get that fan base out and coming to your shows is awesome. Which I wanted to throw that to you first before we got into the Stranger Things topic. What events do you have coming on soon, and how can they find you on social media?
2: Um. Okay. So I was. I was meant to uh, – I'm not going to I'm not gonna be selling or vending at Spooky Empire, and we all know what happened with the uh, hurricane. But I was trying to meet the actress, Millie Bobby Brown, from Stranger Things. So I was planning to go there and give her the artwork, and we can talk about that later. But that will be happening, I guess, in December. Hopefully she'll be coming. So that's one thing, early December, I believe.
0: But you're not um, going to have a table there.
2: I will not have a table, no. Okay. I was just going to go. Um, okay, so for my next – Actual event. Um, I'm going to be at Free Play Florida. And that's uh, that's the arcade retro gaming. Yeah, we're the official event. podcast of that show. Yeah, we'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So Excellent. definitely well, come by the table and yeah, we'll uh, hang talk out. with us yep. for sure. All right, sounds great. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, that's November 11th through the 13th. And I believe it's uh, maybe you guys can help me out. I think it's near the Sea World resort. Yeah, it's a double tree by Hilton yeah. over there, double, yeah, yeah. Okay. which is amazing hotel. It's a really cool and, Guys,
0: place. we cannot tell you how amazing this event is. It's fun. It's fun for the whole family. It's hear, all your They you actually
1: – I heard the commercial in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. When they hear this episode, that so, we have a commercial for it. Yeah, with so. the, because you yeah.
0: know, with us being there and doing everything, it's, it's a lot. It's a great event. It's so so, so much fun. And the
1: fact you're there too is awesome. You can hang yeah, out. It's gonna be great. So yeah, it's a bonus for everybody.
2: <laughs> so um, I, I won't. I don't really have anything else planned except for this. Uh, it's kind of an anime show called Holiday Matsuri. That's going to be oh, yeah. the uh, that one's 16th. Big. Yeah, Hol- yeah, Holiday Matsuri. Yeah, yeah, I was I was told by a few artist friends to try it out. I've never actually done one, and I have a lot of anime stuff, so I figured that might be a good uh right before Christmas time. Give people a chance to get some good unique gifts that they can't find anywhere else. Um, so I'll be doing that. That's uh, the, the 16th of December through the 18th, and that will be at the Wyndham, I believe, off I yes. Drive. Mm-hmm. And then next year, pretty much, is I have some big shows planned. We'll see. It's still in the talks in the works, but possibly Chicago, C2E2, I'm hoping. Um, also, Megacon again. We'll be do- coming back to Megacon in a booth, just like last year. Tampa Bay, Comic-Con again, same thing. I'll be at the gaming uh, CEO tournament again. I hope. Haven't got the official okay, but I'm. I hope I'll be invited back. And then maybe cross your fingers, New York Comic Con. We're, oh there's, wow! We're hoping. We're hoping. There's always the hope. So well,
0: you definitely got to tell us when some of these events are getting closer, so we can have okay. you back on you to it. talk about them because we love that. But I'll tell you what, man, Holiday Matsuri with all of your anime stuff. They're gonna be on top of you like a fat guy in a buffet. Like oh, okay. they are gonna be all over your you, stuff, man. Didn't you... I
2: normally don't like people on top of me, but <laughs> I will. <laughs> 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 didn't you do
1: that piece? I want to bring it up because I I, I could have saw I could have swore I saw it somewhere. I don't remember if it was just reblogged or relinked somewhere else with w- when they were talking about your artwork. And it was like you did. Didn't you do like a water co- or like a something with a uh, house moving castle? Didn't you do a piece on that?
2: Yeah, was I did that a watercolor yours? Color rendition of the of the Howl's Moving Castle. That yep. piece
1: was gorgeous, dude. Like
2: it, Thank lo- you. it was Thank it, you.
1: like my wife doesn't know it, but I want to get a piece. I want to buy a piece from you, you know, or a print or whatever from you uh, of that. Uh,
0: Which you can um, do it free. Play Florida. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I she she's I'll a huge hookup.
1: fan. She's a huge fan of Howl's Moving Castle, and I think that piece is going to sell really well because that that piece is. Thank you. Phenomenal. I didn't realize it was yours until I went on the Instagram. I'm like, wait a second. That's his. Because I knew about it from another friend that told me about it from another friend. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, this awesome artist, uh, Barrett Biggers. Because I've heard of you. This is The the irony is, like, I've heard of you before I actually met you. People were like, yeah, Barrett Biggers. Yeah, he's the man.
0: You you should go check his stuff out. Yeah, nice. More him. (laughs) (laughs) Which I need to hear the story behind that because – (laughs) <laughs> one night we went to the bar and it was while i was doing research for you and after we'd had a few shots that Did became
2: research
0: on me? well you know just we got to do our homework you know uh, when we have any guest on but hope we didn't do too much digging well not too much but that became like the phrase of the night for some reason like this guy had like, this like crazy like gators hawaiian shirt on I was like ah oh, nice more him just as a joke <laughs> and it like just picked up all night and we'd had a few shots of course but like all night we'd see somebody like yeah, nice, more him, you know? So I wanted to know where it you came, because I got it from you, but I didn't know where right, right. you kind of came up with the phrase from. Well,
2: uh, I did not come up with it. It was a, friend of, a mutual friend, uh, Matthew Martin, uh, you know, one of the friends that I've made over the course of the couple of years going to the bar, the arcade bar, and uh, going to the video game nights there and hanging out. And uh, what had happened, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of your listeners know, but a lot of my art has been stolen, especially um the dragon ball stuff oh yeah and, and a lot of it's been uh, stolen and being resold on cheap shirts and around the world and i see literally i get 2 to 3 a day now that i find and i just can't keep up with it anymore but this happened months ago my my mother's friend actually is following me on facebook a mutual friend and she saw that somebody had stolen my art after I had shared it. This was back when I first found out people were stealing my art and I was kind of pissed off and sharing it. Now I don't do it anymore because it's just too much. But she commented on this website's comment and she said, this is not your art. You should buy it from Barrett Biggers. He's the official artist. Shame on you or something like that. Which is awesome because I do have my, my fans will literally attack these people, which is awesome. I don't even have to do anything about it. But the person had the balls to comment back. And they said, and I'm trying to remember exactly what they said, but they said in broken English, you could tell they barely could understand or, or speak English correctly. They said, wait, you need to check again with with a T at the end of again. And our art is ours. It's actually nice more him. Huh. and what they meant was their art, which they're saying an artist did, was better than mine, the original art that they stole. Mm. So so I got online and I just, I posted it, and I was literally laughing for like seven hours straight. It was hilarious to me, just the way they said it, and it was just, and then Matthew comes up, he makes the meme generator online, you know, where he can put a picture, he took my profile picture from Facebook, he threw it up there and he wrote, nice, more him in giant letters over my face. Uh- and I just had this expression like, Ugh. again, you know, I just had this really blank, boring expression. And I was just dying laughing and I, it just stuck. People started saying nice more of this, nice more of that. And now every time I make any post, somebody says nice more, whatever I posted about. <laughs> so in, in our little community, everybody jokes, whenever something's stolen, it's like
0: nice more him." Wow. That's...
2: <laughs> so I am a living meme, gentlemen. Well, yeah. we, we
0: have used your meme in public now in bars around the Greater Polk County area. Go, nice more him, you know. So it, it, if I have it, any claim it, to fame? It's nice more. Nice meme. more him. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it, it's spread. It's worldwide now, man, or at least Polk County wide. So uh, yeah, you, you're making it big, man. But I want to I <laughs> yeah. want to
1: ask you about uh, Stranger Things because uh, I have not seen the show yet, um, and I'm one of the few. So I don't want to go into spoiler territory here, especially okay. if there's any fans that are listening that have not seen it because we haven't done our official review of the of No, because you haven't watched it. Because I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but it has blown up. Uh, you'd you know, you you'd be blind if you didn't see how popular that show is and how, how much it's taken over social media and all that. And so can you describe to me the piece that you did and without really spoiling anything, but like it is a main character on the show. Can you describe right. that piece and what your influence what, what was your idea behind it?
2: Um, I rarely binge watch shows, and i even more less likely, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the right grammar. <laughs> uh, will I do an artwork immediately after I see something? I'm not usually somebody to to s- slap on trends. I do sometimes, but I watched this show and I watched all up, all eight episodes. I think it was eight. Yeah. Eight, yeah. All of them uh, within probably, it probably was two days to be honest with you, but I had to take a break. I love this show and I rarely say that about shows. I mean, I just don't do that. I, I, I'm more of a nostalgia guy and that's probably why I like stranger things so much. Uh, it's not a spoiler, but it is, there is a lot of nostalgia for people who were born in the seventies or the eighties who grew up with, with those, those, um, you know, icons and, and, and themes. It also parallels a lot of, um, movies that we all loved back in the eighties. Yeah. So you'll see all that, the music, the, the cinematography, the outfits, the everything you'll see that as you watch it, all that hit home for me and it felt familiar. You know, I, I saw lampshades that I remember seeing as a kid. I saw kitchen tiles. I saw, you know, products in the store things like that just kind of hit home for me and i'm a big sucker for that stuff but also the story too was great it was a horror you know well we'll i don't want to spoil it but it was a horror but everybody can watch it so it was it was a brilliant telling of this story the character development's really good you fall in love with the characters i kind of fell in love with uh you know most of the characters but the main character, who is the, the main portrait of the, of the little girl that I drew, her name's Millie Bobby Brown. That's the actress. And um, I, I was trying to think of a composition. Even before I was done watching it, I was thinking, I got to do something for this. I just have to. And I was trying to think of a good way to portray this. So I decided to do the main actress as a, a large portrait. And recently I've been going through, it's called AlternateMoviePosters.com. I think it's .com. But in, in general, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mondo. Yeah, I love Mondo. So Mondo Studios and other other um, collectives and studios that do similar work, a lot of them will do alter, alternate mo- movie posters. They'll do cult classics. They'll do things like that in the artist style. I was really on a kick right at that moment watch, looking at all those for inspiration and reference, and I felt like, okay, I'm going to do something very artistic and almost – Horror, but not scary. Scary horror, but not friendly, not cute. And I just was really inspired to paint her portrait, and I did. And then as I was painting it, I thought compositionally, what can I do to help bring this into a movie poster feel? So then I put the, the little kids in the bottom in silhouettes. I had the trees and I had the nature elements because there's a lot of nature in the in the show because they're in a, I believe, Indiana, and they have like forests and everything in the scenes. And I put that in there. I put one of the main villains in there as well, the antagonist in the story. So I tried to incorporate characters in a composition, like a graphic design, but also feel like it was an artistic, fine art painted piece as well. And I've I've had the most response out of anything I've ever done with this piece. And I I feel like I kind of did something right when it comes to the composition and the style. And I really want to bring in more of that in the future work, you know, because I feel like that really worked.
0: No, and I think it did. And you really hit, at least for me, the nail on the head because I've been really getting into, like, Mondo and all these alternate movie poster websites because they make these amazing posters that aren't the original movie posters but it feels like more like something i could hang in the living room of my house like it's right. more of an artistic collectors piece. yeah collector's look. piece almost and for yeah. the prices they definitely are collector's pieces and they actually will only sell so many of them like they'll make it a thousand prints and that's it and then once they're gone mm-hmm. they're gone and i can tell you right now i think mondo and a couple of the other ones are going to end up getting a a pretty sizable part of my tax return this year because I want to kind of redo some stuff in my living room because as Johnny knows my living room is all original art pieces and movie posters and some of my movie posters are older now even though they're signed and I'm gonna just kind of rotate them out and uh but as soon as I saw it that's what I felt and I'm like this is a really good piece and uh and I love Stranger Things, like you talked about, because it kind of hit everybody. Even my mother, who's in her 60s, watched it and loved it. And she's My not, mom did, too. She yeah, and sixth, she's not a thing, horror yeah. fan. Like, she's no. like, yep. it, it basically came close enough to that horror line that it was okay. It didn't cross over. But, uh, and speaking of my mother, we actually saw you on TV, which was really, really cool. And I wanted you to kind of tell us about that and how they picked up on your piece.
2: Well, I wasn't actually on TV. You were <laughs> That would be pretty cool. Yeah. But, um but yeah, i was I was um this was back in uh, I think August, late August, and I was contacted yeah. on Instagram by a rep from CBS this morning. And I didn't know this at the time, but that was the actual news broadcast in the morning that I actually watch every morning. And at first, I thought, oh, it's one of those blogs, you know, the the news blogs online because they're doing a they she said, I'm doing a segment on stranger things. And there's been a lot of fan art, a lot of art inspired by it. We saw yours, and we felt like yours was one of the, one the, of the ones we want to highlight. And I said, oh, that's great. Uh, and she said, do we have permission to show it or use it, she said. And I said, sure. And I didn't really investigate, and I thought, oh, it's just a blog or something, which is awesome still, but I yeah. I never knew that it would be on actual the TV show. So I found out later when I messaged her, and I said, okay, can you tell me when this is going to be uh, live on the internet? And she said, no, it's going to be on the morning news this morning. And I'm like, huh? i kind of like, what? <laughs> so uh, I was speechless for a, quite a while. And um, it wasn't just me, though. There was three other artists being featured, too, which were incredible, phenomenal pieces as well. But I, I was actually traveling, and I went to Salt Lake City Comic Con, the day it aired it was thursday morning and i got up in the hotel room and you know i got my i didn't even get a chance to watch it the first thing on my instagram somebody showed me a clip because they had seen it earlier because i was in a different time zone and i watched it on my phone and i it was only for like literally a second but there was my art with my name on it during an official cbs this morning broadcast
0: which was really really humbling really cool
2: that's awesome i man. can't i can't express it i
0: mean that was like that had to be a surreal experience for yeah, you, I like mean, having was- your name and your art on like the morning news. And also, uh, that's a big morning news show. I mean, a lot of people watch that. Yeah, I Even know, my yeah. mother saw it. So, I mean, you know, like having people see it and recognize it and you say, hey, that's your stuff, has got to be really damn cool.
2: No, it, it, was, it was damn cool. I mean, I was at the show. I was trying to get my head into selling and stuff, but I told a few people who had asked about it because – You know, I was actually uh, showcasing the piece at the the Comic-Con, and the actress, Millie Bobby Brown, was actually at the show signing autographs, and I really wish I had a chance to meet her there, but I was way too busy. I couldn't, but I told a few people about it, and they were just stoked for me. They were just excited, and I was, too. I was just like, "This is I can't even talk about it right now. I don't know what to say. No.
0: What you should have done is, if you'd had a printer, is printed off as seen on CBS yeah. Morning News and put it underneath it, and then been like, "Hey, this was on the news this morning. You definitely want to get this." You know, me being the sales guy, that that would have been the first thing I, I would have done. Like half price, it was on sale this morning. Come and get them while they're hot. That's funny. Well, I, yeah, I mean,
2: I, I would, I would love to push that, but it's, it's tough for me to, to, to sell myself to that extent. But you are—you're absolutely right, though. The, the business mindset of me wanted to tell everybody, but at the same right. time, I was trying to keep it low key.
0: Well, right don't worry about it because when it comes to business, I'm a whore.
2: So <laughs> I would
0: have totally done that. I would have been like, "Hey, it was on CBS this morning. Don't you want one? And they're half price today." You know. Well, I didn't have to worry about it because I bet they were I selling was, like hotcakes well, I mean, anyway.
2: Well, I came from Florida, so I only had so many with me. And that was one of the rare times I sold out of something, and I I almost never sell out of art, and that was the first time. So I was really excited, happy, fortunate.
0: Well, I did want to ask you about this because I thought I saw it on your Facebook, and I could be wrong. Didn't somebody get one of them signed? Buy her for you?
2: Oh, yes. Well, several people got it signed for themselves. They right. they bought it from me, and they got it signed, and they just came back and showed me, and they took a oh, picture of it. Oh, okay. I just wanted a picture of it to see and, and to yeah. share with my fans. Um, I had a couple people later after the fact from other shows send me pictures. Oh, I got it signed by her. She loved it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she had – she had actually shared my artwork on her official Instagram. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Just before the CBS thing. And that also was one of those surreal moments because that was the first time I had an actress or actor or anybody way more popular than me ever share my stuff publicly. And, you know, actually put my kind of put my name on it. She didn't really put my name on it, but she didn't know at the time. But still, the fact that she was nice and humble enough to share an artist's work is beyond me. Most... Most actors and actresses or, or writers or whatever probably don't even take the time to worry about that for a little indie artist like me. But she took the time or her team did, whoever, to do that. And that meant the world to me. I'm just yeah. a little guy. And, and I know she's only 12 years old, but she has a, obviously a great sense of art, uh, a great sense of personality. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of see her posts and she seems like a real genuine person. And I really do appreciate that she did that
1: that's awesome man we're, we're so we're, you know as as friends but as fans we're proud of you to see all these compliments you definitely deserve it you're you're an awesome guy and you're authentic and genuine and i think that shows off in your artwork
2: well thank
0: you very much thank you
1: um before we go is there any other questions you had for uh barrett
0: no man i just I, like i said i just wrote, it's already been an hour already it's, it's been an hour it's hard to believe i, <laughs> I really just want to have you on to talk to you because like yeah. i said uh, before kind of while we were on break like Our biggest thing is we just like to put a spotlight on artists so people can kind of, like, hear the voice behind the artist and kind of see where their head's at and what they're thinking – and, dude, just keep doing the good work, man. You're doing the Lord's work over there, man, because you <laughs> you really are, because, dude, you are killing it. Your artwork is amazing. And like I said, I'm, I'm a straight-up Biggers junkie now because I watch every time you put something on Facebook because no matter if it's, like, a character I know, because I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I'm not the biggest anime person in the world, but, like, when I see characters that you do, even if it's from something I don't know, I enjoy it, and the original pieces I enjoy just as much as anything else, and I'm just really looking forward to to seeing you and hanging out at Free Play Florida. Actually, I think our good buddy Warren Art and your good buddy Warren Art's going to be there yeah. too, because he's been our on our show as well. Warren's just a just a cool cat. And you he's talking
2: about a genuine good person. Oh, good dude, artist. That's, uh, that guy is like famous salt after of death the earth. earth yeah, yeah, famous so, after, yeah, after they, death. And he's yep.
0: just salt to the earth, man. He actually came to the studio and did two episodes with us because we hung together last year at Free Play Florida, and pretty much uh, I almost had to pull the reins back because I was the voice last year for Free Play Florida, and every time they gave me the mic, I was like, go see my boy Warren Art over here at Booth 107. Like, I'm That's sure good, there man. were other people just- like, hey, you know, I've got Art here too, but just Warren was just such cool peeps, and I I knew him from when we did Ignition Inc., and also when we all hung out at the Bolivian Tap Room. Like, you guys were just such cool, genuine people because – my thing is, it, part of the reason I like certain art is because I like the person that's selling it to me. Like, right. if I like the artist and I make that personal connection, then I'm I'm all in. And with both of you guys, I am all in 100%. And that's why we wanted to have you on so our listeners and our fans could also get all in on the nice, more him bandwagon that is Barrett Biggers.
2: Oh, I really appreciate you guys. I, I the, Taking the time to talk to me and let me say my piece and just uh, appreciation for all that I do. I appreciate all you guys do as well, helping us artists getting our names out and having the fans being able to listen to our stories and maybe connect with us and check out our art and maybe we could hang out or whatever. You know, that's that's what it's all about. So you guys are helping us do what we do and that for all the artists, I'll say thank you. You know. Awesome, Thank you very man. much. Well, we appreciate, we appreciate it, it. We're
1: looking forward to seeing you at Free Play Florida as well. I cool. that's going to be awesome. All right. Uh, and uh one more time, how do people find you on the internet?
2: All right, it's real simple. If you just go to my my website, it's barrettbiggers.com. That's b a r r e t t b i g g e r s.com. My website is like my portfolio site that'll take you to everything. So and if, if you can't, just you, you click on there and send me an email, and I can help you out with whatever you need. So
1: Awesome. We'll put a well, link in the description of the audio. All right. uh, so we'll yeah, click so on it. if
0: you guys are listening, look down in the description. We'll have all of his links down there so you can find him. And go buy his stuff, man. Yes. It's great. You need it in your home. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome, Barrett. You have a great evening, man. We'll, we'll see right, you see soon. see you guys.
2: Later. Take care. Thank you.
0: Well, that was the amazing interview with Barrett Biggers himself, a.k.a. Nice, more him. Yeah. And uh, definitely go check him out. And how you can check us out, you can hit us up on Twitter at HHPodcastShow. Also, you can send us your emails to Show at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us your questions for the Mega Buck. He's coming on very, very soon. So send your questions to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com and in the subject line put ask the buck and we will ask him your questions. Don't forget to go to facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and give us a like and go to soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast show to hear all of our latest episodes and the classics because we got some. 200-plus episodes that you can binge and have fun listening to at home. And, of course, when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags. Hashtag Happy, Happy Hour Podcast. Podcast. Hashtag HH, HH Podcast, Podcast show. show. And hashtag Deuces on the loose. loose. Later.
1: See ya.